everybody. We are so glad that you are joining us this week for our Train Like a Trooper podcast. I'm Sarah Stewart, and I have my co-host, Trooper Eric Foster. And we have a very special guest with us today who's not actually in law enforcement, but you are kind of quasi-law enforcement, I would say. Dr. Kathy Thomas, or we refer to you as Doc Thomas around here, who is the contract psychologist for the Oklahoma Highway Patrol. And Doc Thomas has been involved with OHP for more than two decades um, in helping us out. So this is a topic we wanted to bring her on because this, you know, mental health for everybody is so important. And, you know, especially for, for first responders, law enforcement officers, and making sure that that's a priority. And that's what she's been helping us do here for a long time. So thanks for coming on, Doc Thomas. Well, thanks for having me, Sarah. We appreciate it. We're very excited about it. So tell us kind of how you got involved. So you're a psychologist. You have a private practice also. But how did you how did you come to be involved with OHP in this capacity? Well, I um, my introduction to law enforcement was on April 19th, 1995. Um, I was kind of in my uh, minding my own business in my private practice in Stillwater. And um, when the bomb went off, I felt compelled to try to do something. And so I contacted um, some of my colleagues and I contacted a colleague in Oklahoma City and said, look, you know, we're available if there's something we can do. And they had us um, come down to the first Christian church, which was set up as the family center. Um, And so we went down there and within a few hours after getting down there, um, they the powers that be said, oh, your licensed psychologists come with us. And they assigned us to death notification teams. And yeah, I had not ever been exposed to something like that. And I did that for eight days. Um, But that exposure to first responders and what they were doing and and the whole idea of doing death notifications really kind of slapped me in the face and made me realize that the people that do those things that are tasked with doing those things on a regular basis um, are human beings, you know, and I realized I had kind of looked at them. I use the analogy of like little kids look at their parents, you know, they're big and strong and don't really, you know, things don't bother them and they're going to handle everything and, and I don't have to worry about it. And I realized that was kind of crazy thinking that these are human beings with hearts and they're doing things and asked to do things that, most of the rest of us don't even want to think about. So I decided if there was something I could do to help, then help them be healthy. And that's what I wanted to do. So that's yeah. what I've been doing ever since. And how could somebody do that over and over again, you know, without it affecting your own mental health? Right. It's There's no way that it couldn't not affect you. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. When we're exposed to trauma, it, it impacts us um, and it impacts our brain. It impacts our entire being. Um, and so... You know, I mean, this is my history book. So everything I've experienced, I carry around with me 24-7, and so do they. And they carry around a lot more stuff than I have ever experienced. What kinds of things do you do then for the patrol? Is it a lot of, like, one-on-one counseling? Like, I know I've heard you when you come. Mm -hmm. You you talk initially to cadets when they're going through. I do. So you start off right when they first get here. I do, and and I love that part. Um, Yes, I teach in the academy. I'm usually here the first few days of the academy, just when they're... Most stressful. Yeah. yeah. When they're kind of traumatized. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Reality hits them, what they've signed up for. Um, And then I come back and I teach usually, you know, anywhere from three to five days um, during the academy um, on stress management, on trauma, on... um, 
suicide um, and suicide intervention and um, death notifications. I was shocked when I realized that um, how many law enforcement, even though that's part of what they have to do so many times, historically had not had formal training in that. And so I that really made me want to do that as a kind of a priority. Um, and, you know, but I, I get up and run with them and um, kind of I like that because it gives them a chance to get to know me as a person and not just, you know, oh, I've got to go talk to the psychologist when something happens. Um, and so, you know, I think that helps break the stigma because the stigma has been bad. So um, I also do debriefings and when there's a critical incident, um, troopers that are involved in shootings, they part of the process is they have to come sit down and talk to me at least once and kind of do an individual debrief kind of thing. And, so, and then whatever else, what other things they asked me to do. Sarah, I will say that she is, uh, she is very revered uh, among the troopers uh, that have been involved with things like that. They understand, you know, when you go into the academy, when you come into this job, your character quality already is just to help people. And it's very quickly you learn that there are those critical incidents, those different things that start to stack up in your brain really start to affect your marriage. They start to affect how you interact with your loved ones and your peers. And uh, you don't realize it until you get right in the middle of it. Uh, and so those, you know, those older troopers that have been doing it a while uh, really respect, uh, you know, Doc Thomas, the, the skill set. And we really recognize the benefit of, uh, of having someone like her, you know, be able to care for us, really. You know, when we get hurt in the line of duty, we go to the doctor, you know, and very much so it's the same on our brain. And a lot of times we, we try to ignore it until we can't, and then, uh, then it just starts to pile up. Well, and you talked about the stigma a little bit. There, There is a stigma on mental illness just in general society. And, you know, we're working towards overcoming that. But do you think it's probably even more so in law enforcement? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think it's changing. I think there's a lot of progress that's been made in that area. But um, historically, the... I was going to say the fear, but but it was reality um, way back when that if you said you were having problems, you were having issues, then you know they would take away your gun and badge. Right, wouldn't like, let you work. Yeah, can't yeah. do that. Can't 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 do the job, which is you know unreasonable. And um, and so now so that's resulted in a lot of people being hesitant, especially people that have been on for a long time and kind of grew up in the in the career from that standpoint that I don't want to say that I'm having problems because they're going to tell me I can't do my job. Um, they're going to tell me something's wrong with me or I'm crazy or, you know, something like that. And it's not the case. Um, no, nobody is immune. Nobody is immune. If any of us face the things that, you know, Eric, you all have to face on a regular basis, um, we'd be impacted by it, you know. So, um, the more we can help people develop resiliency skills, the more we can help them be prepared before something happens. And that's where teaching the academy is, is I think, so helpful. Um, then it's less likely to impact them as much. And they know it's OK to say, hey, I need to talk about this. 
the other thing about just kind of our brain is the more we can put words on an experience, the more our brain can process it. And so that's really what it's about is giving people the opportunity to talk about what they've been through. And we do need to talk yes, about it. We, we need to we need to just be up front with it and talk about mm-hmm. it for so often. We've you know, we've put it back and we've hidden it. And uh, it you're right. It is getting better. Uh, I, I will tell you for the recording, the podcast that we do. I would say probably 60 to 70% of everybody we've talked to either on mic or off mic uh, has talked about the mental health issues of exactly what we were doing a podcast on. Good. And so it, uh, you know, people are starting to recognize it and they're starting to say this is important and we need to focus on it just as much as we focus on, you know, our physical health. And I was going to say that you talked about skills. And this this podcast is called Train Like a Trooper, and they tr- they train all the time, and you know, shooting and driving and, and and all these things. Mental health, you have to train on that. You have the, right. that's skills, yes, that you can learn. Yes, and they're like in the academy, they get just like you're saying, they get all kinds of training on how to survive physically on the job, and historically, they didn't get any training on how to survive emotionally, um, and so that's where. You know, I've been fortunate enough to have the opportunity to try to help provide some of that training on how to survive emotionally in this job. And one of the things you said, Eric, about, um, you know, it affects your relationships and your family. And, you know, law enforcement, they, they don't like to go home and talk to their family, their spouse or significant other about what they've seen because they're trying to protect them. But reality is that that also causes a disconnect because now there's a whole you know, segment of their life that they're not sharing with the person that they're supposed to be the closest to, you know, and then they get quiet and they, and to the family, it's like, well, you're disconnected from us, you know, and they're just trying to protect and not have them carry around the same stuff that. So like, what are some things that, you know, law enforcement can do just on their own to try to help, you know, like you're saying, obviously identify that problem, you know, and a lot of times, I'll say in my my own situation, I've been involved in a couple critical incidents. And in my situation, the first time it happened to me, I pushed it. I pushed it to the side, maybe not identifying that was the problem. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe other things were causing my irritability or, or the way I was communicating. And it wasn't really until, you know, I came to a point where I had to address it. What are some things that maybe law enforcement can do? To uh, I know we talk about like physical fitness, right. you know, right. that cortisol dump right. and getting rid of, uh, you know, cleaning that out. Right. What are some things that we can do? Well, I think, first of all, acknowledging that, OK, maybe this is impacting me, maybe. Um, and in terms of um, interaction with your family, um, your relationships, being able to say, you know what, I just had to deal with this situation and it was a bad one. I don't really feel like talking about it right now if you don't want to talk about it. However, that's what's going on. I'm just kind of processing it right now. It's not you. So let your family know it's not them. They're not the reason that you're being quiet. Um, But at some point, be able to let them know kind of what's going on. You don't have to go into gory details or anything, but you can say there was a bad situation. It involved a child or whatever it may have been. I wasn't able to fix it. I wasn't able to save them. I, you know, um, and that's kind of weighing heavy on me. 
being able to at least let them know that and start putting words on that. Um, also, there's what we call the, the anger iceberg. Um, so if you think about anger or irritability like an iceberg, and that's the tip of the iceberg, and that's what we let people see. But underneath the surface are all those other emotions, sadness, fear, vulnerability, helplessness, um, anxiety. But we don't feel comfortable sharing those. We don't feel comfortable, you know, would you go to one of your partners and say, you know, I'm having a really sad day today. No, no. not at all. <laughs> not at all. But you'll go say, I'm really, you know, angry about something. Irritated, and, yeah. yeah. And they'll jump right in. Oh, me too, you know, yeah. right? So um, kind of in this profession – uh, what we talk about is there's two acceptable expressions of emotion, and it's usually anger or humor. We can make a joke at the nastiest scene, and we can get mad and irritated, and everybody understands that, but it's that other stuff we don't talk about, and that's the stuff that we need to talk about so that it doesn't come out as anger or irritability. Right. Yeah. Um, but physical fitness, you, you said that doing some kind of physical activity. Um, it could be walking, running, cycling, swimming, um, you know, playing a sport, playing basketball with your kids or something like that. Uh, one of the things that we know is the more we do particularly cardio kind of activity, the that affects serotonin, which is the chemical that affects anxiety and depression. So that helps us feel better when we do that. Um Again, staying connected with the people that, that you care about. And the other thing that I really strongly recommend is you all face the bad stuff all the time. You know, you're constantly dealing with bad stuff, other people's worst days. It's really, really important that you intentionally seek out the good stuff, that you intentionally give yourself opportunities to experience joys and the good stuff in life. Um, otherwise, everything starts looking bad. Yeah. It's yeah. easy to focus on the bad right. and, and to forget about the good. Right. 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 So we have to be intentional about that. You've been through the patrol, too. I'm, I'm sure, obviously, you've been involved since 99. And you said this is kind of what prompted your involvement was the death of a trooper. Right. Right. Yeah. And that that obviously, that's a whole whole other animal, I'm sure, for law enforcement. One, one of your own right. is killed. Right. Absolutely. Um, a line of duty death is, you know— Worst case scenario. Um, and the, the two things that are probably top is um, incidents involving children and incidents involving coworkers. And those get to everybody. And if somebody tries to deny that, then they're not being totally upfront. Um, but those get to everybody. And so particularly those kinds of events um, uh, need to be addressed. And, and it affects the entire agency. I'm sure you see different personalities handle it different ways too. you know, uh, for us, first, you know, troopers, we're type A personality. We're in control. We're missed. You know, we like to fix things. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's normally a lot of time with me. That's what's gotten to me were times I couldn't help, you know. Um, and so you see those different personalities. And we I was looking at statistics of. Uh, suicide rates among law enforcement and they're skyrocketing yes. um, in the last three years. Um, and, you know, I was trying to think about how, why is it getting to that point? Or, and I'm sure there's lots of different, you know, it's all encompassing. Right. Um, but it very much has to do with personalities and how people handle some of that too, where they push, you know, they push it to the back so long that they, they not quite sure how to handle that. Right. You know, how I, I know 
um, for troopers that are working, you know, uh, obviously you've taught us to pay attention to your partners. You can see those signs quicker than somebody else can because you work with them all the time and to reach out. Mm-hmm. You like to talk about that maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you're right. The The suicide um, rate is unbelievable. And on the average, um, law enforcement in general, on the average, uh, roughly about 140 to 160 law enforcement officers die in the line of duty every year nationally. Um, Suicide is anywhere from two to three times higher than that. Um, And those are the ones we know, you know, so it's an estimate because, you know, a lot we don't really know for sure. Um, And I think it goes back to, um, like you were saying, I don't I don't know what to do with this. It's built up over the years, especially when you have a career of stuff that you've just kind of put a lid on, put a lid on, put a lid on, and then all of a sudden the lid doesn't fit anymore. Um, and they don't know what to do. Um, the well, sometimes thing- they don't identify that it was the career that caused right. it. They're blaming you know, relationships or whatever that causes that bottom to fall out when really that, that the thing that really hurt them overall was just how they were dealing with you know, the things that they were dealing with. Yeah. Right. Right. And, um, and you're right. There's not a separation. I mean, our personal life affects how we perform on the job, um, and how, you know, our focus on the job, our job affects our personal life. We can't separate it. I always get a kick when people say, Oh, I leave work at work. Like, really? How do you do that? How do you turn that part of your brain off? Right. When you walk in the door, you can't do it. Uh, you may not talk about it. It just means so they don't you talk think, about it. Yes. Yeah. You think you're leaving it at work, but it's, yeah, it's there with you. Um, and then when you have stress at home, when you have um, financial issues, when you have relationship issues, um, when you, you know, have the death of a loved one or something like that, that impacts, you know, you also. And so um, recognizing those things and to the suicide you know, watching, like you said, watching your partners, watching out for changes, um, watching out for, you know, if they used to joke around a lot and all of a sudden they're not doing that, or they used to, you know, go hang out with friends, um, or um, maybe their alcohol use has increased. You'd notice that. Um, they're calling in sick more, things like that. Um, just ask them, say, here's what I've noticed. What's going on? You know, how you doing? Um, now, if you just say how you doing, they're going to say fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but here's what I've noticed. This is different. Tell me what's going on, you know, and give them that opportunity to talk, to acknowledge it in a safe place. Um, you know, remind them that you're there to support them um, because that tells you tells them two things that tells them, number one, you care. And number two, you're paying attention. You know, you're not just this isn't just passing conversation. You've been paying attention to them. And that's really important. Um, You know, one of the things that I've heard in some of the suicide intervention um, training that I've been to that just made all the sense in the world to me was um, instead of focusing on suicide prevention, we need to focus on isolation prevention, Mm -hmm. that the isolation is what results it's like they're in a tunnel and they step. can't see anything else outside that tunnel. And mm-hmm. we need to help people not feel isolated in a tunnel. Well, and I think that's true. And and you start thinking you're the only person that's ever experienced this. Right. Nobody else can even understand what I'm going through. And I think that's just an anybody. Right. And 
so you don't want to talk about right. it because you feel like, well, nobody's going to understand. And that's what we all have to understand. There, There's 20 people around you experiencing the yes. same thing. They just haven't said anything about it either. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. As troopers, you know, I have found in my career the way to ha- have a handle on almost every facet of our job is to not to be inward focused. When you start to care about other people and how how they are reacting and what that means for other people, you're so much better at your job. You're so much better at paying attention to your partner. You're so much better at relationships. You're so much better at everything when it's outward focused. And uh, it's hard to do. I know we get busy and we things happen that we we really get drawn in. And that's where the danger is, you know, for paying attention to our partner or whatever. But if we can pay attention to each other and help each other, we'll just be better troopers all the way around. Right. Not just for our partners. And when you when you think about it, you know, you're on the job physically. Um, You may get assaulted on occasion. Okay, you may have some kind of physical injury or assault, but your brain gets assaulted every day or the potential is for your brain to get assaulted every day. And so that deserves at least as much attention as your physical well-being. Yes. Yeah. That's a good way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. I never thought about that. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it's got to be different, you know, for somebody that maybe just deals with people in the private sector and then you dealing with a lot of law enforcement because sometimes, you know, troopers have they're, – they're told to come to see <laughs> right. you. So is it sometimes – I mean, do you sometimes get that person in your office that's just, you know, they don't see the benefit and – Right. I'm here because I was told I had to right. be here. Right. You probably have to have techniques to – I'm sure you've got great techniques to coax stuff out of people. <laughs> You're probably perfect. No, not with me. She just sat there and listened. (laughs) Spilled your guts. Yes, I did. But I'm sure you find that in a lot of law enforcement. They're just going to sit there and I don't don't need you. Right. You know? Again, I think the stigma has changed somewhat. And and certainly for the patrol, just the fact that I'm old and I've been around for a while. uh, And a lot of them, you know, I have gotten to know in the academy or in other settings, you know, whether it's at, you know, some other OHP function or whatever. I think the importance of them getting to know me as a person has helped. So um, they trust I, you. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Building that trust. Um, and I, you know, I kind of have some similar personality traits. So um, I'm not opposed to pulling those out if I need to. Um, <laughs> I do t- like get tough with them. I, I can get tough. Um, <laughs> yes. That's yeah, good. <laughs> I, uh, I also like to use humor. So I'm, you know, I'm good with that. So um you know, it's about giving them a safe place and letting them know they're safe and really stressing the confidentiality. Um, sometimes I do a lot of creative scheduling at my office because I try not to make sure people don't run into each other in my office or in the waiting area or whatever. Um, and so I think just reassuring them about that, too, is very helpful. So we had a couple of our troopers on the other day. You talked about April 19th, 1995. Mm-hmm. We had a couple of our troopers on the podcast that are still troopers today that were in, that were involved in that. Mm-hmm. And they were babies when this happened. Right. I've seen some old video. But they talked about how after that, you know, they got all the troopers in one room that had been involved in it and just said, okay, you know, does anybody have anything to say? And now's the time to say it. And, yeah. of course, everybody was silent because they right. didn't want to be the one to say, yeah, I'm struggling with this. So that kind of does – show you like how it used to be. Right. And hopefully we're doing so much better today. Right. Right. Yes. And we, we learned a lot from, from that event. Um, nationally, we learned a lot, um, from that event about how to handle those kinds of things. Um, so it is important again, to give them an opportunity to talk, 
But we all know that, you know, if you put a bunch of troopers in a room and you say, so, is anybody having problems? <laughs> They're no going to sit no there. No nope. that. Nope. Um, so we have learned strategies to open up a conversation and, and get them talking, um, just kind of like we're talking now, um, that feels more comfortable, but it's giving them a chance to talk about, like, what was the worst part of that event for you? Um, what was something that you feel like was positive that came out of having been involved in that or that you learned from having been involved in that? Um, how is that imp- impacting you? Here are some strategies to, you know, deal with the stress and deal with your family. And, and we give them tools, you know. So uh, we learned a lot. It's not just about, okay, anybody have any problems? Anybody want to talk to the psychologist? <laughs> right. The other interesting thing, too, is we we allow her to talk to uh, the spouses or the family of cadets when they're so in the very beginning, when they come to the academy, the cadets at one point are separated from their, you know, their family or their loved ones that brought them there. And we allow, uh, you know, Doc Thomas to talk to their families to kind of explain, OK, they're going through this academy. It's actually going to change them a little bit. They're going to be a different person when right. they come out. And that's super important, too, that families identify right. that this job is going to affect their loved one. Yes. Yes. And we give them techniques yes. on how to encourage um, their cadet or soon-to-be trooper to talk, how to create an atmosphere that's that's helpful for that. Um, and we talk to them about how to deal with their own stress um, because they're yes. impacted by this job just as much as the trooper, maybe yes. in different ways, but they're impacted. And every time, you know, their loved one puts the uniform on and leaves, they deal with some anxiety. And so they have to learn how to cope with that too. And um, yeah, I think that's that's been really helpful for their families. Sometimes they appreciate the changes because sometimes their cadets come home and start cleaning a lot better. (laughs) (laughs) They learn how to make the bed. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Do you deal very much with family members of law enforcement or you make, you do. So you deal with the family members Mm -hmm. also. Yes. And that's tough on, I mean, like you said, it's, you know, the trooper, they're dealing with tough stuff, but it it affects the family so much. Right. And one of the things that that OHP has done um, in the last several years is now, like when a trooper's involved in a shooting, for instance, and part of the deal is they have to come come talk to me once, they can bring their spouse or significant other with them. So it's not just about the trooper. It's about, okay, how's this impacting the the family? That's great. Yes. Yeah. That's really good. So you say, you know, we've, we've learned a lot. Um, we probably still have a ways to go. We do. We do. Yeah. You, ha- you know, what would you say about the state of, you know, mental health and just in our society in general and in law enforcement? You know, are, are we doing well? How are we doing? Um, well, again, we're we're making progress. Um, and you're right. It's not just in law enforcement. It's um, mental health in general. Um, I really like the term emotional wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just the term mental health has a stigma because that's been right. historically what has been used. And so people go, oh, you know, don't, don't do that. Um, but when we talk about mental or emotional wellness, um, that has a whole different connotation. And I think that's how we need to approach it. I think we need to be more proactive about, um, again, teaching resiliency skills, teaching um, stress management, making it okay to say something. Um, to acknowledge I'm, I'm struggling here. Um, I was talking to somebody not too long ago and, um, that stigma of the fact that they were having some issues going on 
they felt like they were failing. And so, you know, I just reminded them, you're a human being that's been through a trauma and, and you're struggling right now. I it's not a failure. Lot. It's okay to feel your feelings. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I would be concerned about the people. In fact, I am concerned about the people. Those are psychopaths. We don't want, <laughs> right. we don't want them, uh, you know, right. walking around. That would make you a this. psychopath if you weren't struggling Exactly. With this. If you didn't have feelings. Um, the other thing I try to encourage people is emotions mean something's touched your heart. Sometimes it touches our heart in a painful, um, hard way. Sometimes it touches our heart in a joyful way. I can honestly say I cry as much over, you know, positive things I see as I do over over the negative, but something's touched our heart and I'm glad to know you have a heart. So right. turn it into a good thing. Absolutely. You mentioned something earlier that I want to touch on about, about isolation and not isolating yourself. How do you think, or do, have you seen it, you know, social media and just all the, all the ways that we don't really reach out to each other anymore, except through typing a comment on right. the computer or our phone. How do you think that's affected us in, in law enforcement? I think it has a huge impact. We don't have those personal connections like we used to. Um, I'm old enough that I remember when the phone was attached to the wall and the way you had privacy was you hoped you had a cord long enough that you could walk around the corner. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, the I think there's positives. There are some positives about social media. I'm just doing this podcast is a, is a positive. Um, however, when that's our main form of communication when we don't actually pick up a telephone and talk on the other end. We just text or make comments on social media. Um, that's very impersonal. Um, so I think we need to, especially for our young people, because that's all they know. And so we need to encourage them and give them opportunities to say, oh, you, use your words. I mean, like verbally talk. Um, Interpersonal. I was thinking as we were doing this, I'm watching you interact with your, your, your face and your hands that, and I'm thinking to myself, man, people are missing out because they're missing, you know, different legs of communication here that I get to see. It's very beneficial, you know, to have that interpersonal communication. Absolutely. And eye contact. And the comments that people do make on social media, you know, like for law enforcement, we've had a very divisive, it's, you know, last yes. year. And you can sit there and read those comments and it can just beat you down, yes. you know, and, and people will be mean and nasty when their face isn't attached to it. Or they're not right. looking you in the eye. Right. Yeah. People get very brave when they can be somewhat, you know, anonymous. Um, and and I'm glad you mentioned that, too. Um, one of the things that I also stress is limit your exposure to that stuff. If you don't have to be exposed to negative, don't be exposed to negative, whether it's on the job, whether it's social media, whether it's watching the news or, you know, whatever it may be. There's Um, plenty of that that comes around. There's no reason to put yourself out there. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and if, if you feel like I need to watch the news because I need to know what's going on. Okay. Watch the news at the start of the day. Don't watch it at the end of the day. You know, don't watch it right before you go to bed. Um, I know a lot of people that, fall asleep watching TV or something like that. And it's like, pay attention to what you're watching. You know, don't be watching some, you know, high adrenaline 
action-oriented movie or TV show, um, especially when you're in law enforcement, because that just puts you right back on duty. It just triggers those stress hormones that get activated, um, and then they wonder why they have trouble sleeping. So watch something or listen to music or something like that to kind of calm Um, But if you don't have to be exposed to the negative stuff, don't expose yourself. One of the first things I tell um, troopers when they've been in critical incidents is, you know, don't watch the news. Don't read the newspaper. Don't get online. um, Don't do that right now. You know, you don't need that because all that's going to do is affect you. Doesn't change anything. Doesn't affect them. It affects you. Well, a lot of people talk about, um, too, you you were talking about, Take care of yourself first or whatever. Putting the oxygen mask yes. on yourself first yes. and talking about troopers doing that. So I'm going to ask you how you take care of your mental health because I would assume when you're talking to people that have been in critical incidents and have seen trauma and all that, that's got a way on you also. I There are moments, yes. Um, <laughs> I, I try to practice what I preach. I am not perfect, um, but uh, I run. Um, I actually ran this morning. I... Um, I love to fish. That's one of my therapies. Um, I spend time with my family. We have, I've been married 32 years. We have three kids and three grandkids. And um, I, you know, I, I like to have fun. So I enjoy just, you know, like I said, laughing and stuff like that. But uh, running is, uh, and I cycle. I've started cycling uh, about two or three years ago. And um, although I don't cycle on the roads, I cycle on bike paths because cars scare me. Yeah. So <laughs> it doesn't help my stress when I'm on the road yeah. um, on a bicycle. So um, so doing doing things like that, and that's absolutely helped me. Practicing what you preach. I, I try. We all try to I practice try. what we preach, right? Yes. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Well, we really appreciate everything that you do for the Highway Patrol, and you're, I mean, a, a valued member that, you know, we hope everybody knows that they can utilize your services and because it's crucial. As we said, it's crucial. Well, I tell people the best part of my job is I get to know their hearts. Yes. So, um, and not everybody does. So well, it's an you. honor. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for imparting all your wisdom on us during our podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for making this a a topic um, that everybody can hear. Thank you.